Welcome to the JNMP Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Hyten. I'm the JNMP Podcast Editor, and I'm joined today with this month's Editor's Choice. I've got the Professor of Neurology in Complex Disease Genetics, Professor Amar Al-Chalabi from the Department of Basic and Clinical Neurosciences, the Maurice Wall Clinical Neuroscience Institute at King's College London, as well as a consultant neurologist at the Department of Neurology at King's College Hospital. Amar joins me to discuss motor neuron disease, or ALS, a rapidly progressive illness resulting from the degeneration of both upper and lower motor neurons. Specifically, we're going to discuss the age of onset in ALS and how, if at all, genes may play a role in a younger age of symptom onset. So Amar, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice to speak to you. I wondered if you could first... Uh, explain to me the difference between the terms familial ALS and sporadic ALS, which are used in your paper, and and why might sporadic ALS be a potentially misleading term? Well, familial ALS is used to describe uh, people with ALS where we find a family history when we speak to the person. Sporadic ALS is simply used in all other people, but it's a misleading term because the definition of familial is very vague. It's not clear what would constitute a positive family history. You might think it's obvious if someone says, I've got ALS in my family, then that's ALS with a family history. But in fact, would a second cousin count as a positive family history or a distant uncle? It's not clear. Most neurologists would accept that a first degree relative would be a positive family history, but then more distant relatives, uh, there's not really consensus for. So that's, that's one particular problem. And the other problem is that we know that there is an overlap between ALS and other diseases, for example, frontotemporal dementia. And it's not clear whether a family history of frontotemporal dementia would even be noticed by most people. And certainly it wouldn't have been recorded historically, but that should probably count as a positive family history, even though it's not a positive family history of ALS. But not everybody would systematically record that in the same way. And some studies have shown a huge discrepancy between the way that neurologists count families. So one study looked at pedigrees, test pedigrees, not real pedigrees, um, and asked neurologists, would you say this particular family is familial or not? And there was very, very little agreement between neurologists. So the term familial ALS is not a very clearly defined term. And that also means that sporadic ALS isn't a very clearly defined term because it's, it's what's left over. Also, People tend to use familial to mean genetic and sporadic to mean not genetic, but that's not true either because we can only find genes in about 80% of people with familial ALS. And we do find ALS causing gene variations in about 10 to 15% of people where there's no family history. So they're not very well defined terms, but we can define them to some extent within research papers. So we have a lack of consistency there in terms of the terminology potentially used to describe these cases. Despite that, it, it has been shown, your, your paper certainly demonstrated to me, that there appears to be that the age of onset is known to be different between these familial and sporadic cases. So I wondered why you think that might be, and of course, you know, how did that lead to your current research? So you're, you're quite right. It's been known since about the 1960s um, and another study in the 1980s that people with familial ALS, and by that, we, in this particular case, we mean people where there's a, a first-degree relative with ALS and, and not including other diseases, that people with familial ALS defined like that have an age of onset between five and ten years younger than people where there's no family history. And people didn't really know why that was, the widely held view was that if you have somebody with ALS in your family, 
then you're going to know about the disease. And so if someone else in the family then develops symptoms, it'll be picked up quicker. And the physician who you go and see is more likely to make the diagnosis more quickly because they'll be a more, more aware of it as a possible diagnosis. So diagnosis will be reached much sooner. Um, so that was one possible explanation. It's what's called ascertainment bias because you ascertain the diagnosis more quickly. Another possibility is that the gene variants themselves that are predisposing to familial ALS increase the risk of ALS happening at a younger age. And that seems more reasonable because the average diagnostic delay is about a year, but the age of onset we're saying is five to 10 years younger in people with a family history. So it doesn't seem reasonable that, that you could explain it by ascertainment bias. So we decided to look at whether the gene variants themselves might be responsible for the change in age of onset. Okay, so we've got these two possibilities here, this ascertainment bias, which of course is what leads us to your current study published in the JNMP, which I wondered what you could tell us about that. How did it, what did it find out about age of onset? So what we tried to do was understand how, how you could possibly answer this question. And, and we can do it now because genetic technology has really massively advanced in the last few years. So we have, for example, data available to us on a thousand people, which was what was used for this study. Actually, we have much more than this now. But at the time of the study, we had a thousand people where we had screened them for known ALS genes. And we were then able to put those thousand people into three groups. A group where there's familial ALS, so we could assume there was a genetic cause. A second group where they had apparently sporadic ALS, so they didn't have an obvious family history, but we did find gene mutations in known ALS genes. And then a third group where they had no family history and there were no ALS genes. And so by comparing those three groups, we could determine how much is because of knowledge of family history and how much is because of genetics. Because the first group and the second group, the familial ALS, and the sporadic ALS with a gene variant, both have the same genetic burden, but only one group is aware of family history. So if age of onset is dependent on family history, then the, family, the people with a family history should have a younger age of onset than the people without. If you compare the, the two sporadic groups, the two people with no family history, one of them has a genetic component and the other doesn't, and so you could, you could disentangle how much the genetic component is contributing separate from the knowledge of the family history. And when we did that, we found that the first two groups showed no difference in their family history. So the familial aspect wasn't really accounting for the age of onset change, but comparing the people with a genetic component and the people without a genetic component with no family history, they had a younger age of onset if they had a genetic component. And actually, if you combined everybody with the genetics, so the familial and the sporadic patients with a gene variant compared to everybody else, the difference is about three or four years. So that tells us that the genetic component is lowering the age of onset itself by about three or four years, and it's not really to do with ascertainment bias. That's a very interesting finding, and, and of course an important one. I wondered how it fitted into our now, you know, increasingly wide understanding of genetics of ALS. How, how do these findings fit into that? So the first thing is, it tells us the very uh, important fact that age of onset is lower in people with a genetic basis of ALS regardless of their family history and that ascertainment bias isn't the explanation. But it also means that the genes that are predisposing to ALS are themselves something to do with the earlier age of onset. It's not necessarily that other genes are needed in the background to, to adjust age of onset. So before this, we always assumed that the genes that change your risk don't necessarily affect your age of onset, but some other genetic variant somewhere else in the genome might lower your age of onset. It also fits with a general 
um, mathematical model of genetic risk, which is used widely when we're trying to decide how to do genetic studies and how to understand gene findings. And that's, that mathematical model is called the liability threshold model. And one of the consequences of that mathematics of genetics is that if you have someone who's from a low risk group who's affected, they should have a greater burden of the risk genes. So that would mean, in, in our example, ALS is a disease where age is a risk factor. The older you are, the more likely you are to get it. People who are younger are from a low risk group, so we would expect them to have a higher burden of genes under the, math, under the liability threshold model. So, so the other way of interpreting our findings is that younger people carry a greater burden of ALS gene variants, which is what we've actually found. So that, that's important because it means that we're on the right track using that particular type of mathematics to understand our genetic findings and our genetic research. With a very clear and, as I said before, important findings, particularly in the broader concept of ALS um, and the causes and hopeful treatments for them. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. So that was the Professor of Neurology in Complex Disease Genetics, Amar Al-Chalabi from the Department of Basic and Clinical Neuroscience, the Maurice Wall Clinical Neuroscience Institute at King's College London, as well as the Consultant Neurologist at Department of Neurology, King's College Hospital. His paper, this month's Editor's Choice, is of course free to download from jnmp.bmj.com. And thank you all for listening. <laughs>